Babbel for free at Babbel.com. Just go to Babbel.com and start learning a new language today. That's Babbel.com. B-A-B-B-E-L.com. From the Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, KTON Temple, K230CH Temple, and KBHTHD3 Belmy, K283CD Waco. It's about to go down in a minute. Let me touch down. I'm going to get it. Cause I, 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 been waiting all night. It's game time. Game time on ESPN Central Texas. Here's Tom Barfield and Stephen Simcox. All right, welcome into the program. This is game time here at uh, three minutes after four o'clock, 403. Tom Barfield, Stephen Simcox, EP Garth. We're glad you're with us as we get ready to roll through a uh, Wednesday afternoon, hop day, middle of the week, and all that good stuff. Uh, we're going to kind of go around the horn and check in. Uh, we're going to start at third base. EP, how are you today? What's going on? I'm uh, doing very well. How about yourself? Doing good. Doing good. Steven, get, uh, update. Do we get an update today? I'm doing well. Uh, I'm kind of taking it back. I didn't know EP was on the hot corner. Where am I? You're first base. Oh, okay. Yeah. I can live with that. Yeah. You, you, from where I'm at, I'm I'm batting, see? So you're oh, okay. it, looking out onto the field. I, I follow now. There we go. I did yeah. play third base when I was, you know, back in my younger, younger? days. <laughs> Back with those square balls. <laughs> <laughs> so, I no, I mean, I, I didn't know. Do we have to request an update, or how do we get updates on, on Little Sawyer? Um, he's doing good. I'm a little more tired today. Last night, you know, he'd been sleeping fairly well, all things considered, as, as compared to expectations, I guess. And last night, he, uh, he was up, and I was up, and we were going to feed him again at midnight. And it was like 11.15, so I just thought, okay, well, I'll just stay up and – after he feeds that last time I go to sleep. So we did, and uh, my wife handed me to him after she fed him, and she was going to go to bed, and she fell asleep, and I was sitting in the rocking chair with him, and usually he falls asleep pretty quickly. And, well, eh, we spent a good hour and a half kind of going back and forth, <laughs> but um, we're, I'm doing okay. I, I finally got some rest, and, uh, yeah, he's but he's great. He's living it up. I mean, doing what babies do, just sleeping and eating. It's not a bad line. Man, that is a good deal, isn't it? That is such a good Are you are, Prior to the arrival of Sawyer, were, were you a guy that could get a good night's rest and, and, and that kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, most nights. Like, I've never been somebody, I think I said this yesterday, I don't fall asleep quickly necessarily, but um, I've, I've always been able to sleep. I, I'm someone that gets good rest, and if, if I'm tired the next day, it's probably because I was just being silly and stayed up either watching a game or – uh, you know, I was like, oh, Netflix has one more episode. Let me watch this. And then three <laughs> hours later, I'm I'm still on the couch awake. But in general, yeah, I sleep pretty good. So there was, I had several things to do when we got off work, mm-hmm. uh, off the air yesterday. So I, I didn't leave out of here till, I mean, it was almost eight o'clock. It was like 20 till. So when, when I, when I got out of here, got home and then, you know, you, you chit chat with the neighbor who's standing out in the yard. I mean, so I missed all the ball games and everything. And I was, I was exhausted and I don't know. <laughs> For whatever reason, when I go to bed exhausted like that, keeps you up. It, I, well, I go to sleep almost immediately. I mean, I'm out. It doesn't take long. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the second eyelid's not closed, and I'm gone. But like at three thirty this morning, I sit straight up out of bed and I wide awake, <laughs> and I'm like, "Hang on a second here. It's the middle of the night." Yeah. Nope. It's three thirty in the morning, and you are awake. And once I wake up and I'm good and awake. 
Yeah, there's no, no going back. No, there's no going back to sleep. And I didn't used to be that way when I was younger. I mean, I could sleep through a tornado. It didn't, yeah. nothing bothered me. But now, not anymore. So, yeah. So I've been on the, I, I, I kind of just laid around and just, you know, watched the clock. And finally, I said, to heck with it. Get up, get ready, go to work. So, so you've been going since 3.30 a.m.? Uh, no, I mean, I lay, I think I laid there probably for an hour, hour okay. and a half, you know. But about five, yeah, I was up moving around and, you know. It's going to be a fun show. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a heck of a time. Uh, anyway, so tell me the story on Raising Canes. I, that's pretty nice that somebody uh, brought, <laughs> well, you, brought you some Raising Canes. You know, John Morris gets all the free stuff. That's that's the benefit He's of... He's the star. He is. That's the benefit of being the voice of the Bears. We were in here. We had Daniel Hare in studio, who's uh, really good. He's a sports law professor at Baylor. He actually helped break down some of the Supreme Court ruling earlier this week, so... You can check that out on our Twitter page at 1660ESPN if you'd like. But during the course of his interview, I guess Jimmo got in a text and uh, it was like, hey, we got canes here. And then I saw somebody kind of peek in the door and hold the bag up. And I was like, <laughs> come on through. And they dropped it off and left. So, yeah, thank you to Raising Canes. Um, great, great food, great company. And uh, they, they're supplying us with some snacks today. So there you go. That's that's a pretty good little deal. So when – and I didn't get to hear it. I was uh, in, mm. running a couple of errands. Literally, I was out uh, running a couple of errands. So w- what was your take on on the explanation of the Supreme Court ruling? It was uh, – I mean, it was, you know, something that we had talked about as far as that specific ruling was not really related to name, image, and likeness. It was more about, um, you know, educational benefits. It was a specific lawsuit, but it's another huge blow to the NCAA and their power and their reach because, again, it just kind of reinforces the fact that at least legally, uh, you know, they, they see this as a problem. They see this as something uh, that's not going to work, that's not tenable to not compensate college athletes and the effects and the consequences for college athletics are going to be big. And I think that's what obviously Baylor's trying to get in place. Texas, all these schools across the country is getting a handle on these things, Tom, because uh, you know, the flip side is with more budgetary constraints mm-hmm. and it comes to that, then are, are things going to get cut? And and that could be one domino to fall here. You know, I, I, um, I had a chance to visit with, uh, we have it and I'm not, we have an intern, uh, here in, in the building, who is who's an athlete, a collegiate athlete, and I was asking this person what what their thoughts were, and ba- he basically said, you know, if we wanted to simplify it, he goes, why couldn't we just raise the the stipend that you would think that an athlete should receive and and just across the board do that and i'm like well that would that would be a simplistic way about about going uh, going about some of these things but i don't think it covers all of the things that that we're discussing and i'm not sure we all understand what all we're discussing It, it to me it's a very convoluted and complicated subject i think it is too i mean i feel like just in in fact and in principle, like name, image, and likeness makes a lot of sense. You get a chance to make some money based on what you've done with the work you've done. That is, I mean, that's an American thing. That's capitalism. Um, obviously, you want some some bumper rails there, some guardrails from keeping people involved. And maybe the stipend would be one way to kind of placate this. I just think the 
it's become so popular to just pile on the NCAA. And rightly so. I mean, they. I was going to say, hang on. Yeah. They haven't gotten in front of this issue. Right. Like the, it's been a total failure on their part. Um, but now we're faced with a situation where there's all these confusing rules because you got states trying to pass laws, you have Supreme Court uh, cases that are in front of them, and you have schools that are trying to partner with different companies because they're trying to stay up in recruiting. Uh, it's just caused a, a lot of problems because of their inaction. And you have, what, nine or ten states that are saying, you know what? NCAA, no NCAA, we're moving forward with what mm-hmm. what our athletes in our state can do. And and so here we go. Now is the NCAA are they are they the are they the are they policing everybody? Or are they policing everybody minus those ten states? I mean, so to me I think somebody's gotta get their their arms wrapped around this, in my opinion. Well, it, actually, it's up to 16 states now. Yeah. So. Well, and and that's a good point, EP. It's, it's coming fast and furious. One thing, too, is I feel like schools have realized in the past five years or so, the NCAA doesn't really have any legal power, right? So, like, if you, if you are in trouble with them, the way to go, like, used to it was they would come down with a ruling and schools were like, Okay, we're going to punish ourselves. We're going to try to get in front of this. And hopefully you guys will give us some leniency. And now what we're seeing more and more is schools just immediately go, we're going to lawyer up because yeah. this is a fake organization <laughs> that doesn't really have any legal standing. And if we sue them or if we take this to court, there's a good chance we're going to win. I mean, we saw it with North Carolina. We've seen it with Kansas. We've seen it like Arizona and LSU. Sean Miller finally got let go. But their basketball coaches were caught on wiretap. Like saying to players, hey, we're going to pay, like, we're going to send you money. And the NCAA is trying to punish them. And they're just like, we're not going to fire our coaches. Because, <laughs> you know, they've just, like, schools have just sort of realized we don't care about what you think. So the- everybody kind of knows this is going on. And I just feel like if, you know, if you're like, oh, so and so is paying players, everybody's just sort of like, well, yeah. But <laughs> of course they are. And, and the, the public sentiment's just very different now. Yeah. All right, so uh, in, we may dive back into this. I mean, we've been in it for three straight days, but I, I, I think we're gonna. I think this is going to keep surfacing until there's. Do Do you ever see a day or a time where this thing is everybody's on the same page? I mean, literally on the same page with this. There's so much uh, to come. That's what I got out of the interview today, and I was listening as I was driving in. Is that this is just this is just scratching the surface, and the legis the the lawsuits that will come in the future will uh, ex- probably expand um, the compensation. Um, and but anyway, this is it's like a snowball rolling downhill. You know, it's just going to build and build and build and. And uh, to, no, we haven't seen the last of it, that's for sure. And to your question, Tom, no, I don't. Because I think one of the issues with college sports is because there's no unified leadership, so, conferences just are not on the same page. I so, mean, we, we saw it with COVID in the in the offseason, right? Like the Big Ten and the Pac-12 were like, we are not playing football. Right. There's no way we're doing it. And they just thought everybody else was going to be like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. We don't have a great handle on this. We shouldn't play. And the SEC was like, no, we're going to play football. <laughs> yeah. And then the ACC said, yeah, we're going to play football, too. And the Big 12 said, okay, we'll do it. And then later on, the Pac-12 and Big 10 the Pac- yeah, the Pac-12 and Big Ten said, oh, well, I guess if you guys are going to play, we'll play, too. 
but they can't I mean they can't agree and everybody has their own agenda and because nobody respects like who's supposed to be the leader in the NCAA they kind of do their own thing so you're saying the governing body of collegiate athletics is not the governing body of collegiate athletics yes the, <laughs> yeah the governing body of collegiate athletics is Greg Sankey and the SEC good point because they are the best football conference, and that's what drives the bus. 14 after 4. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Coming up in a couple of minutes, we're going to welcome in Rick Butler to the program. I was reading in the Waco paper the other day, uh, Bryce Cherry, or I, th- I think it was Bryce that wrote the article on the Waco trip, where Rick Butler was uh, – was, uh, voted into or or placed in the uh, bowling hall of fame and if you know rick at all you know that the passion he has for bowling so we want to talk to rick a little bit about that we'll also talk some baseball because there's no way we can talk to rick butler without talking college baseball so we'll do that next right here on espn central texas This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LaPointe. We'll see increasing clouds tonight as low temperatures fall to around 76 degrees. Tomorrow we start off with mostly cloudy skies and then the clouds decrease throughout the afternoon. Highs top out at 96 with a heat index of 103 and mostly sunny, hot and humid on Friday with a high of 97. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. When you're dealing with life's ups and downs, it helps to know the ins and outs of insurance. Farmers Insurance has been sharing practical insurance knowledge for more than 90 years. At David Greenup Insurance Agency, they know a thing or two because they've seen a thing or two. Contact David Greenup Farmers Insurance Agency at 254-855-8889 to find out how he can help you protect the things that matter most to you. That's Greenup Insurance Agency at 254-855-8889. We are farmers. In the market for a new metal roof? Since 1943, Pioneer Steel & Pipe has helped Central Texas residential and commercial customers with metal roofs that are impact, fire, and windstorm resistant and will lower your insurance considerably. Your roof will be figured correctly, and they offer a wide variety of panels and colors to make sure it looks sharp. Everyone wants to protect their hard-earned assets from harsh Texas weather, and a metal roof is the best way to protect your home. Pioneer Steel & Pipe, with locations in Waco and Bryan, and at PioneerBoys.com. Don't miss country legend Doug Stone. Friday night, June 25th at the Waco Hippodrome Theater in Waco. Tickets start at just $20 and can be purchased at WacoHippodromeTheater.com. Proudly presented by Shooter FM, Kicker Country, and JMT Music Entertainment. I need a jukebox with a country song. Feel like you're missing out on the fiesta? You don't have to. La Fiesta Restaurant is open with dine-in seating, drive-through, and delivery. Now, you can get the famous purple margarita to go or delivered with any food purchase. La Fiesta makes dinner a lot easier with family pack of fajitas, enchiladas, and tacos. Order online or call ahead and get any of your La Fiesta favorites at LaFiesta.com. La Fiesta, Waco's original Tex-Mex since 1963. Stop by downtown in Waco at Way Cool Tacos and Union Food Hall. Way Cool Tacos, located corner of Franklin and 8th Street. It's like I blinked and suddenly all my business shifted to e-commerce. Business is changing. USPS is changing with it. Find out how at usps.com slash new routes. The United States Postal Service. Priority you. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Wines with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by McAdams & Sons Roofing. 
Paul George missed two free throws to lead the door open for the Suns, and they get an alley-oop for the win from DeAndre Ayton to take a 2-0 lead in that series, beating the Clippers 104-103 last night. Tonight in the NBA East Finals, Game 1 with the Atlanta Hawks at the Milwaukee Bucks. Tip is at 7.30. Detroit claimed the top spot in the 2021 NBA Draft, followed by the Houston Rockets, Cleveland Cavaliers, and Toronto Raptors. The Houston Astros are on a nine-game winning streak and will try to make it 10 tonight, taking on Baltimore with a 6.05 first pitch. Rangers try and bounce back tonight versus the A's. First pitch at 7.05, and you can hear that game on ESPN Central Texas. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. All right, 18 minutes after four, 418. Welcome back into game time here on ESPN and Fox Sports Central Texas. Tom Barfield, Stephen Simcox, and E.P. Garth. We're glad you're with us. And we're joined now on the phones by uh, Rick Butler. Rick, good afternoon. How are you, my friend? Doing real well, Tom. Thank you for having me on the show, man. Well, first of all, congratulations, Texas State USBC Hall of Fame. For for those of us who may not know what those letters are, kind of walk us through and tell us exactly about the organization. Well, the parent company is the nationwide USBC. It's the United States Bowling Congress. It's the merged organization of men and women's bowling that happened 15 years ago. So uh, we are the Texas body of that organization. And we, we put on tournaments, uh, state tournaments for various different bowlers all over the state every year. And uh, uh, I'm the president. I have been for the last three years, and I'm just about to go out of August there. But I will stay on as past president for three more years. Now, it's an organization that, uh, you know, pretty much uh, embodies bowling as a sport. Uh, We're... You know, like, for example, we're, we just completed the state open tournament, which is the men's tournament. It runs like eight weekends, and it was in San Antonio and New Braunfels this year. And it, it probably, I think we had over 650 bowlers in her in team uh, doubles and single, singles competition. So uh, that's what we oversee and provide the bowlers of Texas. So you were recently inducted into the Hall of Fame for this organization. What what a what an unbelievably great honor for you for you and your family. Yes, sir. It, it, it's unbelievable is what it is. Um, of course, like I say, I've, I've been involved at the state level for 15 years, and then six years before that. And I've always been a decent bowler. I think you probably read in the paper, I averaged 180, 190, considered myself a, a good spare bowler, and I've had a couple of great games. I didn't have, I've didn't. i never had a 300, but uh, I've had a couple of real good games. And I, I think probably my induction is probably more for the service that I, I've done for the organization and bowlers over the years. So, uh, yes, I am quite honored because uh, there's not many, well, there's a lot of people from over the state, but there's only a few from Waco that have uh, bestowed the same honor upon them. Rick, congratulations. Uh, you know, bowling is one of those things, like, we've all done it before. We have some fun with our buddies every once in a while, but 
when was it that you realized you had a, a passion for the sport, whether it was playing or, or serving people that were playing in these tournaments? Well, I started uh, teaching bowling, and I figured I better know how to do it rather than <laughs> um, uh, just say as I do. Um, way back when I was an assistant coach at Baylor, and then uh, started teaching classes of 60 students, two classes of 60 students a semester when I went to MCC. And the proprietor, Charlie Vestal, got me involved and got me in a league and uh, then eventually started bowling with him. And, and, and to bowl in that, in the leagues I was bowling in, you had to have like a 170 average or higher. So uh, I started to get competitive probably back in 71, 72, 73. And have been in leagues ever since and still bowling two senior leagues with my wife every week. Talking with Rick Butler. And, Rick, uh, you, uh, do, you, do you continue to teach a class at McLennan, uh, a bowling class? Because I know you taught it for a long time. Yeah, I taught it for 41 years. And then uh, when I retired, I was teaching online classes. And we, we taught a class of bowling uh, online for the next three years. And then uh, AMF Westview uh, decided to go in a different direction. So I don't think uh, MCC is offering bowling anymore. But, uh, yes, um, uh, quite a long time, 41-plus years. Recently, Rick, the uh, McLennan Highlanders won a national championship under Mitch Thompson. I, I know you, and, and, and I know you well. How much pride do you take in the fact that, that the Highlanders in 2021 are national champions? You know, I'm, I'm just very boastful. I, you know, I, I love the program. I always have. And I, I follow Mitch and the team very closely. You've seen me at games. Mm -hmm. you don't, you, what you don't see is when I go to practices because I like what Mitch is doing. He's not just a typical coach. He, he's a teacher. He teaches the game. He teaches things that can make them successful besides just hitting, catching, and throwing. And uh, I, I'm just excited as, as much as anybody in, in Waco for their national championship. I've often been asked, aren't you a little sad that you're not the only one that's uh, the national champion anymore? And I said, heavens no. I've been waiting 38 years for somebody to come along and, and, and have that honor again and i was i'm you know i listened to all the games i watched all the games would like to have gone up there this year it just didn't happen uh, but uh, i'm just as proud of mcc now as i was when i was coaching and they really dominated that college world series in grand junction and was there a point rick where i know you communicate with mitch often you said you go to practice was there a point where you kind of looked around and said man this team might have uh the, the right stuff to go all the way yeah, toward the end of the year, they were really starting to swing the bats well and, and, you know, give the pitchers a lot of confidence that they could go out there and maybe give up one, two, or three runs and they didn't have to worry about um, holding them down anymore because that offense was going to be very potent. And when they did what they did to Cisco in the playoffs and just roll right through it. They were getting hot at the right time, and that's what you have to do when you go to the World Series. You have to be hot at the right time to be successful up there. 
Rick, when you started building the program way back in the 80s, did did you know or did you sense that, hey, we've got the tools, we've got the, we've got the facilities, we've got what we need to be a national power and a contender? Tom, it, it, you know, it was a long process. My first three years, we didn't even have a field. And uh, we were playing our games at La Vega and Veterans Field and, and Baylor's Dutton Street. You know, it was just a building pro, uh, progress. Um, Wilbur Ball was, allowed us to build a field. We built a first-class field. And once we built the field and had the campus to, to back us up in recruiting, we were able to get a lot of uh, better better players uh, in recruiting. And uh, it was just a matter of of time. uh, You know, my first assistant was Sammy Sexton in 1977. And then uh, Dub came came along in 78, 79, and we were together nine years. And that program just built, kept building itself. And, um, you know, I, I was honored to be in the Baseball Coaches Hall of Fame for junior college. And I keep telling people, you know, I'm, I was just the head coach, but you, you got to surround your peop- yourself with great people and great players and great coaches to be successful. And and I was honored to be a part of that, and I am very proud of that. Rick, we appreciate your time today, and again, congratulations. I, I know bowling is a uh, is a is a love, it's a passion, and and uh, well deserved going into the Hall of Fame. And we congratulate you, and we thank you for your time today. Thank you all for having me on the program. Thank you. Talk to you soon, Rick. That is Rick Butler, man. And stop and think about it. Here's a guy from California sitting in Waco, Texas, uh, has won a national championship in, in junior college baseball, is now in the Texas Bowling Hall of Fame. It's pretty cool. And had a tremendous coaching career and teaching career uh, with, uh, with McLennan. So pretty cool stuff. I mean, that's, uh, that's a heck of a resume. And I, I can't. I can't think there's anybody else in the world that has a baseball national championship and a bowling hall of fame to their name, but that's uh, pretty cool stuff from Rick Butler. Absolutely. All right. It is a 428, 28 minutes after four o'clock. It's late June. Certainly we should talk some college football, shouldn't we? We'll do that next right here on ESPN and Fox Sports Central Texas. This is game time and our four o'clock hour is a service of good feet in the Central Texas marketplace near Cabela's. I love baseball. The Rangers and A's play game three of their four-game series tonight at Globe Life Field in Arlington. There's a high drive well hit the center field. Bolt going back. He's at the wall. That ball is history. You see my baseball? Hi, everybody. This is Eric Nadell with Matt Hicks and Jared Sandler. Here's a drive by White. Deep shot to left field. This ball is gone. Third row of the second deck. Geico broadcast time is 6.30 on the Texas Rangers Radio Network. The Jeep Freedom Day sales event is going on right now at Freedom Country in Killeen. And you can catch a great deal on hundreds of vehicles, both in-store or online. And every new Jeep comes with a membership to America's most valuable customer care program, the Jeep Wave Customer Care Program. Get worry-free maintenance for your new Jeep at no additional cost. 
Come see why you can always buy for less in Killeen. Visit us in-store or online at freedomcountry.com. We're making car buying easy with five makes, two stores, all in one location at Freedom Country. Come join us. Helmet Aerospace, situated in Waco for 48 years and now hiring for several positions. Helmet produces fasteners for industrial applications such as transportation, renewable energy, and automotive. Helmet Aerospace is looking for production technicians, quality engineers, machining techs, maintenance electricians, and more. Most positions require require a mechanical aptitude or background, and all jobs require a high school diploma or GED. Helmet Aerospace offers a complete benefits package from day one. Go to helmet.com slash join us. Search Waco for a complete listing. Elevate your career with a new job at VersaLift Southwest, a Thai manufacturing company. VersaLift Southwest occupies a 16-acre state-of-the-art assembly and upfitting facility that develops and builds the world's best aerial lifts, digger derricks, and cable placers right here in Central Texas. They are now hiring hydraulic, electrical, and service technicians. All openings start at $17 an hour or more. Drop by their location, 7601 Imperial Drive in Waco, to apply. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Wines with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update, brought to you by McAdams and Sons Roofing. Paul George missed two free throws to leave the door open for the Suns, and they get an alley-oop for the win from DeAndre Ayton to take a 2-0 lead in that series, beating the Clippers 104-103 last night. Tonight in the NBA East Finals, Game 1 with the Atlanta Hawks at the Milwaukee Bucks. Tip is at 7.30. Detroit claimed the top spot in the 2021 NBA Draft, followed by the Houston Rockets, Cleveland Cavaliers, and Toronto Raptors. The Houston Astros are on a nine-game winning streak and will try to make it 10 tonight, taking on Baltimore with a 6.05 first pitch. Rangers try and bounce back tonight versus the A's. First pitch at 7.05, and you can hear that game on ESPN Central Texas. Sports Center, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Welcome back into the program. This is Game Time, brought to you by Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, your friend in the car business. Tom and Stephen, glad to have you with us. And Stephen, uh, in, later on in the program, we're, we're going to uh, we're going to uh, talk with Shahan Jayaraja from Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. He wrote uh, a very interesting article. He did, yeah. He wrote uh, this story in Dave Campbell's today about Baylor football and their offense. So we know last year. There's a lot of excitement. I mean, Larry Fedora comes in as OC, former head coach, um, you know, had a stint in North Carolina. He had spent time before he came to Baylor as an analyst at Texas, among many other stops, but that was his most recent. And they also brought in George Munoz uh, from LSU, who's a passing game coordinator on that Joe Burrow team that won the national title, that won a Heisman Trophy. And it felt like, okay, we're going to kind of merge these two philosophies. Uh, well, it's safe to say, I don't think, they were ever on the same page. I'm not sure how much of that was COVID. They still had offensive line struggles, but it never got off the ground on, right. on the offensive side of the ball. So Dave Raina scrapped it. He brought in Jeff Grimes from BYU, who is uh, coming over after doing wonders with Zach Wilson, his number two pick in the draft. And Dave Miranda said, here's, here's some quotes I'll share you with you that he gave Shehan. First, this is Dave Aranda saying, I think two of the hardest things to do in college football right now is to run inside zone and drop back pass. We did a lot of those two things last year, and I take responsibility for it. 
And again, I feel like that comes back to the offensive line. There was a point early in the season, Tom, where I remember Baylor was struggling offensively, obviously. And somebody asked him, somebody asked Coach Randa, why are you not taking more deep shots down the field? Because everything was just dink, quick, quick dink. hitter, quick hitter, dink and dunk. But, I mean, as you know, Tom, and he said this, he said it outright, like they just didn't feel comfortable giving Charlie Brewer a clean pocket. And if you can't, if you can't protect, then you can't run deep routes. I mean, that, those things take time to develop. So there, there wasn't a lot of that. They never really got in a rhythm. They go with Jeff Grimes. And Jeff Grimes gave this quote, Tom, and I want to, I want you to tell me kind of what you think this means or interpret it. Um, and I heard him say this on the Matt Mosley show when we had him on. And I remember thinking that almost sounds like a creed. Like it almost sounds like a pledge. But he says they recite this to the offense all the time. When asked about his philosophy on offense, we're an attacking multiple formation offense that runs a few plays a lot of ways with as much misdirection as anyone in the country. So what do you, what do you think that means, Tom? We intend to formation you out of your mind. We intend to fool you if we can. We're going to be simplistic in execution, but we are going to give you so many different looks you don't know what hit you. We may run three tight ends. We may run no tight ends. I mean, I to me it sounds like they are going to perfect a handful of plays and, and you know you practice them enough, you'll perfect them. Mm-hmm. So you're, they're going to protect. They're going to to they're going to execute a handful of plays, but they're going to give you so many different looks that you don't know what's coming at you. That's right. that's what I took out of it. What'd you take out of it? I, I'd agree with that. I think it's just all about you know we're not going to overload guys with scheme, right? We want players to understand exactly what they have to do. But it's not so simplistic, going back to the formations you were talking about, that the defense can just pick out based on how we're lined up. Okay, this is what this is what they're about to do. This is what they're going to do. And start to get down um, to, to those tendencies. I, I feel like they want to do a few things great instead of a lot of things well or a lot of things good, average. And I, I would say that's encouraging just from the perspective of, if you asked me last year what the identity of the Baylor offense was, I don't Couldn't know what to tell you. tell you. Couldn't tell you. They never really established anything. I think they tried to establish the run game, and it didn't work. And the the offensive line and quarterback play sort of fed into each other, but neither were great. You can chime in if you want. 254-662-1660. It's a simple question. What kind of has to happen for this offense to get better? Because, I mean, there's some, there's some players here. I, Tyquan Thornton, I thought he was going to be a really good wide receiver for Baylor last season. He didn't really... You know, pop. Uh, Craig Williams, Quaylen Jones, they got some good running backs. But how do you make this unit come together and make things happen? Um, that's, that's a big question. He also said they're going to run a lot of wide zone, which if you've heard Jeff Grimes talk, that's one of the first things he mentions. And there's a lot to that, but simplistic explanation being you're trying to get your offensive line basically going east and west instead of north. You're not, you're right. not necessarily trying to drive guys 20 yards off the ball. I, I want to take you back to, to something, I mean, that, that just struck me. What do you think, and not just here last year, but just in general, what are your thoughts on 
co-defensive coordinators, co-offensive coordinators. For, for me, at the end of the day, I think it needs to be one person who answers the questions for the offense and one person who answers the questions for the defense. I know that you're saying, okay, he's going to take care of this, this part of it and he's going to take care of this. But at the end of the day, for me, I just think it needs to be one person answering those questions from the offensive and defensive perspective. But you're, you're seeing more mm-hmm. and more of it. Well, the title is interesting to me. I think it's hard to say without knowing – how it's going behind the scenes because I feel like honestly Tom a lot of that co-offense coordinator stuff that's just hey we like this assistant we'd like to keep him on staff and if we give him co-offensive coordinator maybe this is a way that we can give him a raise or give him some more responsibility who's the guy putting the play chart together and who's the guy that's going to call the plays based off of down and distance that's the guy that I want to know well and I think in this case it's Jeff Grimes I will say one one phenomenon that's kind of gotten spurred now that to your point I think it could be a bad thing is run game and pass game are almost separate entities within the offense and I mean, you're you're doing different things, but ultimately, all the all that has to merge together, right? Because when you're running the football, in in theory, you're trying to get guys up in the box. You're trying to show different looks that you can run play action off of. Um, so all those parts have to be working together. Yeah, I think one one voice in the room is is the best way to go, and I feel like that was. And Dave Rand has been pretty frank about this, so I feel comfortable saying it. That was one of the issues last year. Mm-hmm. They had too many cooks in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. They were trying to do six different things. And especially when you have a limited offseason, you can't like you can't accomplish that. That's just not going to be successful. So you have to find a way to get all of it sort of under one umbrella. And, and that's a big push. And when I see in this quote multiple formation, I think that's pretty simple. They do not want to – they don't want to be – when when that you when you turn on the projector and you see them in a certain formation, they don't want you know the GA to be able to write down. Okay, they're going to run these five plays out of this formation. Mm-hmm. That's what I think they're getting at. They want to perfect their playbook based off of the play itself, not based off of the the formation. I, I'd agree with that, and that can also be useful. I mean, our, if we're going to see some tempo. You know, if we're going to see them speed up things from time to time, then those different formations and different looks can be valuable and confusing to defense. But I I do feel like Grimes is the guy. Like, he's the dude running the show. That's what – and whether or not that gets the offense to come together, I'm not sure. You, you got to – one, who's your quarterback? Well, that's the first you question. Know, is it Jacob Zeno? Is it Gary Bohannon? And I think those guys are different players. Like, Gary – uh, we saw him throw a little bit more in the spring game, but honestly, he's been used more as a downhill runner in his career. Zeno is more of a prototypical pocket passer who will make you pay with his legs, but it's going to be kind of rare, and he wants to get back there and throw. So that's your first question, because that's going to affect a lot of what you're doing. And then, I mean, the problem we've talked about with the Baylor offense for years, you have to block. And it, it can't be this – it can't be an offensive line that's, you know, put together so – flimsily that if Connor Galvin goes out for a couple weeks you're up a creek like that there there has to be more responsibility for that unit to be reliable and play together and give the QB a clean pocket and get some surge up front 
if they're going to find a way to, to be more consistent because there was no consistency last year. One of the things that Dave Aranda did discuss with the media after the spring game was that he felt like the offensive line did get a lot mm-hmm. better. Uh, and you're right, continuity with those guys up front. You want to talk about a unit that has to work as a unit. That's the that To me, that's the number one group of players that have to work together and have to be on the same page and in sync for any of this to work. And and you had a bunch of guys in and out of the lineup last year. Right. Uh, so that, that does not help. But, you know, even, even like you want to score a lot of points, but improvement would be, because Tom, you know, that defense was pretty good last year. They just had so many empty three and out drives. I mean, as soon as they would force, as soon as Baylor would force a punt, couple plays later we're punting back and that just demoralizes the defense no matter how talented you are because I mean those snaps catch up with you yeah and no question they do have a quality defense and I think they're going to be a good unit but you're right if if you're not look every drive does not have to end in points but you got to be able to control some clock and flip the field and, and, and give your defense a chance. Don't put them in harm's way, which they spent so much time on the on the field last year. And they spent so much the, – the, the down and distance situation, and, and, you know, they were on the plus side of the 50. It, it just seemed like the game was always played on, yeah. on that side of the 50-yard line. And, Man, again, you know, you don't – the game is not a – you don't have to score on every snap and every possession, but you do have to be able to do some things so you can flip the field and give your defense a chance. Yeah, you have to be efficient, and winning that field position battle is a big part of that for sure. All right, uh, 442, it's 18 away from 6. Love to get your thoughts on our CNC Collision Center text line at 254-662-1660, 254-662-1660. Stay with us. We're going to dive into some Ranger baseball. Oh, my, Stevens guy went to the hill last night. Not, not my guy, I, Stevens guy. I just said guy. I was interested in it. <laughs> Stevens guy on the bump last night. We'll talk about it next here on ESPN and Fox Sports Central Texas. Recently on the John Moore Show. Fran Frischella, our guest. It's historic for the university, for the Big 12, for the state of Texas. And, uh, you know, it couldn't have happened to a finer group of kids. That That's for sure. And uh, it's crazy, John, but in this competitive league that you and I are a part of, and as much as there's a, um, I, you know, I don't want to say animosity because I don't feel the animosity anymore. Um, among coaches, I, I feel like this incredible pride, A, in the league, and B, the competitiveness night in, night out. But I guarantee you there were a lot of happy coaches uh, for Scott and Baylor because they represented the league so well because you and I have been talking about this the last decade, decade or so. Over the last decade, it, it has been the best league in college basketball. Listen to the Voice of the Bears weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m. Here on the home of the Bears, ESPN Central Texas. business or a school or a team that needs to put their logo on something, then let the pros at Mallory Screen Printing and Embroidery do the job for you. They can customize your logo on t-shirts, caps, dress shirts, golf shirts, winter apparel, and more. Stickers for any occasion, banners and signs, large or small. See more at MalloryPrint.com or call 1-800-433-2220. For your next custom screen printing or embroidery, check out their full catalog at MalloryPrint.com. Like sports, business is about winning. Championship decisions are business decisions based upon what it takes to help your company win. 
That's why there's UBO Business Services, specializing in helping you win every day by streamlining workflow and allowing you to better communicate within your organization and with your customers. Make your championship decision today with UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com or call Sean Hunt at 254-772-1600. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Wines with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by McAdams and Sons Roofing. Paul George missed two free throws to leave the door open for the Suns, and they get an alley oop for the win from DeAndre Ayton to take a 2 0 lead in that series, beating the Clippers 104 103 last night. Tonight in the NBA East Finals, game one with the Atlanta Hawks at the Milwaukee Bucks. Tip is at 7 30. Detroit playing the top spot in the 2021 NBA draft, followed by the Houston Rockets, Cleveland Cavaliers, and Toronto Raptors. The Houston Astros are on a nine game winning streak and will try to make it 10 tonight, taking on Baltimore with a 6.05 first pitch. Rangers try and bounce back tonight versus the A's. First pitch at 7.05, and you can hear that game on ESPN Central Texas. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Time now for the Ranger Roundup, brought to you by Kaleo Wealth Management Group. I like that remix there. <laughs> 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 little Alan Jackson under the Ranger Roundup. That's okay. There you go. All right, uh, 14 away from 5, 446. Ah, time for the Ranger Roundup. Where where, where shall we begin? Where, where would you I don't like? Know, there are a lot of things that happened last night, Tom. Where should we begin? Let's begin with the, uh, the box score. I was just looking at the box. Uh, I, I'll be honest. Again, I left out of here late last night and then – uh, visited with uh, some friends, uh, <laughs> neighbors in the out in the front yard, and never really looked at, didn't watch the Ranger game. Well, you and, missed a good one, Tom. <laughs> they were down seven to nothing before people got settled into their seat. They lose thirteen to six. Only a touchdown. Only a touchdown. Deficit. That's right. And you know, offensively, if you know, if you got to tie it in, maybe you can move the ball. I don't know. Thirteen to six is the uh, the final. Let Let's begin with with Taylor Hearn. Two thirds of an inning. I mean. This is a guy that had been pitching in long relief, left-hander, long relief. And a couple of times now, they've tried to push him into that starting rotation. Is this one where you say, you know what, we we need to see a bigger sample size than just a couple of starts? <laughs> or, or have you seen enough as, as, as a starter? Well, let's, I mean, let's, let's be positive here. This was progress. Because the first time that Taylor Hearn started in the major leagues – uh, he only lasted a third of an inning, and he gave up six runs. Last night, he lasted two-thirds of an inning and gave up four runs. Did a little bit of everything, walked three batters, plunked a few guys, did strike out two, and uh, let a home run out of the ballpark. Mm. I mean, look, like it's it's not good. Um, should he never start again? I wouldn't be broken up if they did that. The Rangers, what do they have to lose? I, I, I think it's too small of a sample size to completely give up on him starting, but I feel like it's pretty clear that this is a long relief guy. And that's disappointing because you traded Keone Kella, who was just a back into the bullpen arm at the end of the day. But this was supposed to be kind of the first, after they waved the white flag, Tom, this was supposed to be sort of the first exciting addition 
that they got. And I was, was going to say somebody in that organization or multiple somebodies in that organization thought that this guy could be a left-handed starter. Well, and I mean, you see, like you see him hit 96 or 97 on the gun, which is cool, and he punched out a few. But when you're also hitting a guy and giving up free bases and home runs, it doesn't matter. And maybe that's an adjustment they have to make. Like maybe Taylor Hearn's better if he's, you know, let's like let's calm down. Can we get you down to 93, 94? Does that give you more control? Um, it was not good, and it's it's now twice that he's gone out there and just gotten chilled. And honestly, like I said, long relief guy. I mean, he's been more of an innings eater because his ERA is not dazzling. You know, like he comes into a game and he's sort of trying to help you get through it. And there's there's a need for those guys on your roster, but you don't have to usually trade for them. You can generally get those players anywhere and everywhere. So it's it's disappointing. So they lose 13 to six. Uh, one bright spot. And you're starting to see some of these. And, and again, I I don't want to get overly amped up about it because the sample size is small is Eli White. I mean, called up from from Round Rock and has gotten some opportunities and has done a nice job. He's been good. No, he's been a little bit of a spark plug. And, you know, they had a few of those guys uh, that they've called up, like Eli White, like a Nick Solak, um, that have kind of given them a, a little bit of a bounce. But it's, you know, again, it's it's a bright spot. It's something you want to monitor as you sort of, search and claw for what's next i'll say like it was disappointing what happened last night but i'd rather see taylor hearn out there on the mound than you know some 30 year old journeyman because at least you're taking a chance with a younger guy and i i don't think he'll get this opportunity again but maybe he doesn't a spot start because you're you're not planning on winning a lot of games as as we know tom and, and that's the thing and i totally agree with you if you're going to get beat get beat with guys that you feel like can help you in the future or you need to find out whether or not they can help you in the future you know what a guy you know a five-year six-year veteran guy is all about i mean his numbers tell you what he's about but these other guys you don't know uh, we mentioned eli white he went three for four in the game last night with an rbi double and he also hit a bomb uh his third career home run right up there among the American League leaders in hits and here's a drive by White deep shot to left field this ball is gone third row of the second deck what a shot off the bat of Eli White his third home run his first here at Globe Life Field and that makes it nine to five 440 foot blast to the upper deck for Eli White. His, as uh, you heard Matt Hicks on the Texas Ranger Radio Network say, uh, it was uh, his third home run, his first uh, at Globe. So, you know, if you're looking for positives, I mean, if you're starting to just kind of fish around for things that look good for the Rangers, you kind of like Eli White and his in his limited action. I think uh, Isaiah Counterfalefa is one we we mentioned before, and of course Andolis Garcia uh, is a guy that you kind of like, and you know, so maybe they're starting to find out what 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 pieces they have when it comes to to. A, putting this team together in the future. Yeah, I mean, Trevino, we mentioned him yesterday. Mm -hmm. He's a good defensive catcher. He showed a little pop here lately. Um, now, that's a guy that's older, and he's on a one-year contract. But those are the types of players you want to have in place when and if 
you kind of find your your core group. And I think definitely like Kiner Falefa and potentially Garcia are going to be a big part of that, depending on how he does the rest of the season. Hey, let me ask you a question. I know you, you, I know you're a baseball fan, like I am. Does the does the uh, the exit velocity on a ball? Uh, Joey Gallo last night hits a home run, 423 yeah. footer. The exit velocity was one hundred and eight point seven miles per hour. As a baseball fan, mm-hmm. do you care? I mean, no, not really. Like, is that a stat that you look up every? You know, when you when you were a kid in the morning, you know, getting our twelve year old boys flying out of the bed to grab the newspaper yeah. to look for exit velocity. That's a big exit velo guy. Yeah, I, I mean, I find it interesting. Um, I just no, I don't. I don't care about that stat specifically. I think analytics, it's funny because I get, I, I'm not like totally anti-analytics. I think it'd be a very useful tool. Ultimately, it's just information. How you use information is what, you know, makes you or breaks you. But I, I can't imagine there's a ton of fans that are watching TV that are just super wrapped up in like exit velo and launch <laughs> angle and whip and all these things. Um, now, you, of course, you have diehards that are watching baseball every night. But for the most part, no, I, I couldn't tell you that. I can tell you Joey Gallo hit the ball really hard. Yeah. And that's that's about the extent of it. Hey, look, I want to know what Joey Gallo's batting. I want to know how many RBIs he's got. I want to know how many home runs he's hit, how many stolen bases. You know, the basic nuts and bolts. I want to know. I, I, that, that stuff intrigues me. But as you point out, some of the analytic information, it, it, first of all, it's just – do you stop? I don't care if you want to share it in your in your pregame meetings with the manager. Go right ahead, but leave me alone. Jose's got a question. He's over on the phones. So let's say hello to Jose. Jose, what do you got for us today? Hey, appreciate it. Hey, I'm going to ask about you know the baseball in college. Mm-hmm. As they say, they may get paid money. I don't know. You know, I don't know if it's going to happen or not. If it does, probably. Not. How is this going to affect the farm system? And that area of baseball collision, you know, to get, you know, does the farm system going to carry over some, hey, are we going to pay you too and all that kind of How is it going to affect the farm system if it does happen? Jose, appreciate your phone call. Thanks so much. I don't think it's going to affect it much at all. I mean, you're you're talking about name likeness, you know, and and name, image, and likeness. I I think that will be available for the college baseball players. But as far as a a young man – bypassing college look if if you want to go to school and play college baseball you're going to go to school and play college baseball if you want to bypass and 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 sign that 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 signing bonus and move on into professional baseball and start your professional career you're going to do that i mean and in baseball you have those choices right i mean i I, it's a good question i was like i brought this up yesterday i do think maybe there's some potential for a i I don't feel like it's going to be just a sweeping thing that happens but a young man here or there that might have gone pro says okay yeah i would i could make a little money in college i could go have a college experience i could play college baseball i'll go do that for three years um the bottom line is college baseball as as much as we love it and i like talking about it, it's still a pretty niche sport like i think it's growing i think the exposure is a lot better and in the southeast and in the south especially like it's it's become a big deal but Tom, you know, I mean, there's just pockets of the country where it's really hard because the, the well, weather, the facilities, mm-hmm. there's not much of an investment. So I don't, I, I can't 
see a scenario where minor league systems are having trouble like getting teams together. There's still going to be plenty of people that want to play pro baseball. Right. And, and those guys, the money, whether how big or how small, that money's guaranteed. When you're talking about uh, doing the name, image, and likeness thing, you're rolling the dice that people are going to want to get uh, that information from you and pay for it. All right. Uh, it is 457. We are ESPN and Fox Sports Central Texas. Field first in left southwest, a tiny manufacturing company. First on left Fort southwest occupies the 16-acre state-of-the-art assembly of fitting facility. Hi, everybody. This is Eric Nadell with Matt Hicks and Jared Sandler. Digger Derricks and Table Placers right here in Central Texas. They are now hiring hydraulic, electrical, and service technicians. All openings start at $17 an hour or more. Drop by their location, 7601 Imperial Drive in Waco, to apply. At Carrington Dental, we know the importance of getting proper dental care, and we understand finding the right dental plan can be complicated and time-consuming. That's why we created My Dental Choices. Finding quality, affordable dental care doesn't have to be stressful. With plans starting at $8.95 per month, you can choose between dental discount or dental insurance plans. Simply call and let one of our dental plan experts help you determine which plan is right for you and your family. You'll enjoy significant savings on your dental care, no matter which plan you choose. Life is busy enough. Don't add dental care to your list of worries. Discover an affordable reason to smile. Find out how much you can save on your dental care. Call My Dental Choices today to get a customized dental plan quote for you or your entire family. 800-947-4078. 800-947-4078. 800-947-4078. That's 800-947-4078. Businesses that don't advertise are like fishermen who randomly drop a hook in the river, hoping for a fish to pass by. Eminem Broadcasters is the lure to bring the customers to you. Seven different radio stations, each reaching a unique audience of potential customers. Your customers. Advertise today. Email to info at mmbwaco.com or call 254-772-0930. That's 254-772-0930. You have a business or a school or a team that needs to put their logo on something? Then let the pros at Mallory Screen Printing and Embroidery do the job for you. They can customize your logo on t-shirts, caps, dress shirts, golf shirts, winter apparel, and more. Stickers for any account. Occasion banners and signs, large or small. See more at MalryPrint.com or call 1 800 433 2220. For your next custom screen printing or embroidery, check out their full catalog at MalryPrint.com. From the Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studio, this is KRZI Waco, K222 DC Waco, K265 DV Temple, KTON Temple, K230 CH Temple, and KDHT HD3 Belmy, K283 CD Waco. Five 
o'clock. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas and Fox Sports Central Texas. Tom Barfield and Stephen Simcox along with E.P. Garth. We're glad you're with us as uh, we roll through this second hour of the program. And our 5 o'clock hour is brought to you by our good friends at Versalift Southwest, a time manufacturing company currently hiring hydraulic, electrical, and service technicians. All openings starting at $17 an hour or more. And you can apply for these positions at 7601 Imperial Drive. And uh, now we have on the phone lines a Shahan Jaranja, who's uh, a former intern here, good friend of ours, and he's on game time. Um, hey, welcome to the show, man. Is this as cool as getting on the Paul Feinbaum show? <laughs> well, listen, man, you didn't have to out me as a as a former intern over there, but, but, he uh, but did, yeah, didn't he? man, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. Uh, no matter all the stuff that I do and and all the cool opportunities I've had, there's nothing quite like uh, like coming home and talking to the great people of Waco. That's right. You are on here in Waco, and uh, you're a Baylor guy. You did a, a great story today on this Baylor offense. So, first, I guess you know Dave Aranda. He he kind of scraps the plan after year one, um, and you mentioned sort of the lack of identity. What what sort of fell apart? I mean, he's been pretty frank about this, but from your perspective, what sort of fell apart with uh, the, the the combination last year with the two offensive coordinators that just never really came to fruition for that offense? Yeah, I think that you look back, I, I think that you have to remember that back in 2019 at LSU, Dave Veranda saw on the other side of the ball, he saw Joe Grady and Steve Ensmaker kind of really team up to put together one of the great offenses in the history of football. And I thought that he, I think that what he thinks is that he could do that, right? That he could pull Larry Fedora's run concept and he could bring in George Munoz's passing game and that he could just weld it together and that it would work. And, and I think that what went wrong with that, well, a lot of things went wrong. One, not having Joe Burrow, I, I think obviously not having a drop-back passer like Joe Burrow plays a huge role in that. And I think the other thing, too, is that Steve Engsminger and Joe Brady just had a special chemistry when it came to calling plays, when it came to you know bringing concepts together. I think that was a really special pairing. I think that's a once-in-a-lifetime sort of thing, and it just did not work the same way. Especially, I think you do have to add in, you know, with COVID and all of that, they didn't really get to know each other, I don't think, as well as they really needed to, both on and off the field, I think. And so it, w- it was a tough pairing, and I think that you saw at times last year that Baylor was a team that tried to do a little bit of everything, and they did everything poorly because of it. When you when you look back at, at uh, that offensive unit, how much – lack of preparation because of COVID do you do you put on that or or is it really just a lack of cohesiveness uh in that offense yeah I think that all of those things are related I, I think that you definitely have to look back and say that it looked like players did not know the offense to the level that you needed them to know it and it was clear that they wanted to add a lot of different concepts to it they wanted to run different things and I think that sometimes having these disconnects between what they were asking the offensive line to do and what they were asking the receivers to do and what the quarterback could do. And I mean, I think that just all those things kind of came together and they really struggled to kind of have a unified vision for what this offense wanted to look like. And, and I think that when that sort of thing happens, you don't get the best out of really any players on the whole offense. I don't think that you could look at last season and think that anybody played their best football, that anybody had a good year, that anybody you know, played up to their potential. And I think that that's a huge thing that they've had to think about all offseason long is, okay, we've got these players here. We've obviously got very talented offensive players because of the way that Baylor's recruited the last couple of years. How do we put them in better situations and how do we make sure they're all on the same page? We're talking with Shehan Jiraja from Dave Campbell's Texas Football about his 
story on the Baylor offense today. You got a good quote from Jeff Grimes. I remember hearing him say this on the radio when he was here with us. And I, I thought like, oh, that sounds almost like a creed. And he told you like, this is something that make the players write down. But he said, we're an attacking multiple formation offense that runs a few plays a lot of ways with as much misdirection as anyone in the country. What, what kind of stands out or comes to mind when, when you hear him say that about his offensive philosophy? Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think that one other quote that didn't make the piece that I think really speaks to this is that Jeff Grimes told me also that he feels like more games are lost in college football than they are won. And the big thing that they really wanted to rely on is, look, how do we take the game and make it manageable for our players? How do we take complicated concepts and make it so that you can execute them at a high level? And I think that when you look at what they're going to do offensively next year, it's going to fundamentally be very simple. It's going to be, we're going to run this outside zone system, uh, sorry, this wide zone system. And I, I think that it's really going to be, you know, a lot of the same stuff for the offensive line. They're sometimes going to go different directions. They're sometimes going to pull different guys. Like, you know, that's just part of obviously playing offense. But a lot of the concepts are going to be the same for the offensive line every play. And within that, you're able to kind of line up wherever you want. You can line up with one tight end or two tight ends or three tight ends. You can line up with trips left, trips right, you know, four wide, whatever. You know, you have a lot of options with that. But a lot of that, I mean, and, and I think a lot of people kind of talk about that stuff as if it's just window dressing. But in a big way, you know, being able to shift around, being able to use motion, being able to move, being able to line up with different formations, it lets you have very basic principles and very basic plays and build on top of them so that it's both easy for the offense to digest, but also difficult for defenses to know where exactly you're going. Is, is that almost kind of the same philosophy that Art Browse kind of had here with it was a simplistic uh, a playbook from, from that standpoint? You didn't have a ton of plays, but you did them well, and you did them out of a, out of a multitude of formations? I think that there are some similarities. Obviously, the, the actual concepts themselves are, are different. And I do think that, you know, when you talk about route concepts and things like that, you're still going to get some complexity to them, I think, in a way that you didn't necessarily with that kind of offense. But I think in a lot of ways, you can look at that as kind of what modern version of that is, right? You do kind of have those base running games. And actually, you know, specifically when you talk about the offensive line, I, I mean, the wide zone team is built out of the same idea as those Baylor offenses, which is to stretch the field, to make people have to cover as much of the field as possible. Now, I think that those old Baylor teams, they really relied on the vertical, right? They really wanted you to have to defend all the way vertical. Well, I think that Baylor kind of acknowledges right now that from a protection perspective and things like that, that, you know, we don't necessarily need to trust our receivers to get all the way vertical. They're going to go vertical a whole ton. Don't get me wrong. But I think that this is also a way to say, look, not only do you have to cover vertical, you also have to cover the run game horizontally. And, and I think that, like you said, with those old Baylor offenses, I think there's some similarity to that. Baylor's kept it pretty diplomatic when talking about the quarterback situation. I mean, we've noticed that when Dave Rain has been asked about it publicly, he's sort of mentioned all three guys and what they do well. Did you get any kind of feel for – who might be the, the leader in the clubhouse when you're around the program? No, I, I think it really is up in the air. I think that you look at what they want from a quarterback. They do want somebody who can both move with their feet and also throw the deep ball. I think that both of those things are huge in this offense. And, but I do think the biggest thing is they do need a deep ball passer. They do need somebody who can make those 
deep shots. And, you know, I mentioned it a little in the piece, but they kind of feel like, okay, well, a big part of this is if we're running wide zone and we're engaging those safeties and defensive backs, that really opens the door for you to go deep and maybe have one-on-one coverages. And so you need a guy who can throw the deep ball to be able to do that. I think though, with this offense, you really also do want a quarterback who's also able to challenge, you know, left to right, who is able to challenge horizontally. And part of that is, you know, being able to, to run. And so I do think that from that perspective, if Gary Bohan is able to kind of get things together in the passing game, I think he has a really good chance to earn the job because he does obviously have that east-west action in his game. The question has always been about the accuracy and about the touch. That, that's going to be the big question heading into the offseason and, and as they head into fall camp. Because I think that we've seen, you know, in the limited time that we've seen them, that Jacob Zeno has thrown a better ball. But Jacob Zeno doesn't necessarily move as well as Gary Bohannon does. So, and obviously Blake Shapin is kind of the guy who maybe if he pulls it all together, that's going to be a big part of it. But from what we've heard, he's been a little inconsistent in camp. So I think this battle is truly open. I, I think that Gary Bohannon is the guy with the skill set potentially best to run this offense, but he kind of has to show up in the passing game. Talking with Shayhan J. Raja from Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine here on ESPN and Fox Sports Central Texas. Shayhan, at the top of the article, you talked about yards per play, and, and you mentioned that the, the Bears went from 6.2 to 4.4, uh, and obviously that's not going to get it. When talking with the staff, what's the number they're looking for from this group going into, into fall? What is that magic number per play, or did they give you that number? Yeah, they didn't want to kind of commit to something per se, but I will tell you what. I mean, this is a an offense that is built out of wanting to be efficient. And you look at BYU last year, I think they ended up at 7.8 yards per play to lead the entire nation, even more than Alabama. So I do think that that is going to be something that they look at closely, but I don't know that they specifically have a number in mind. But if you look at last year, right, like I think you do need to feel like you need to at least get back over six yards per play. And a big part of that is going to be in the run game. Uh, you know, again, last year they didn't have a single 200-yard rusher. And yeah, they only played nine games, but to not have a 200-yard rusher on the roster, I mean, that's, that's crazy stuff. That's unacceptable, right? And so I think for them to come back, I think they will be trying to push more towards that, you know, six or seven yard per play mark. Uh, I don't think they want to, you know, limit themselves by any means. I don't think they want to say, hey, you know, we need to get to six and, and not strive for seven. So I think they're still trying to figure that out. And one other thing that I'll say, too, is that, I don't think that Jeff Grimes is 100% sure of kind of where on the spectrum this is all going to land, right? Because I do think that a big part of it is you also play offensively the way that you want to play defensively. You know, if you do want to slow the game down, if you do want to, you know, go for first downs and kind of try to, you know, control the ball to some extent because the defense is so good, I think that, you know, that's something that you have to take into account. But I do expect them to try to be a lot more explosive than they were last year. But I I think that they're still trying to formulate what exactly the personality of this offense is going to be. Who gets the most carries on this football team this year? I'll tell you what. The guy who I heard his name over and over again talking to people within this program is Abram Smith, who obviously was a linebacker last year when Terrell Bernard went down and, and did a great job, mind you. But I think that they see him as a really good fit in this offense. You know, that I asked Jeff Grimes about this, and I believe this is in the story too. And he, I asked him, you know, what do you need in a running back in this system? I think that a lot of the time, you know, my, my assumption was going to be like, oh, you need a really shifty guy. You need somebody who can make a quick cut. But what Jeff Grimes said more than anything is you need a guy who is physical. You need a guy who's courageous, somebody who's able to, you know, when the, the gap appears, 
that he's able to turn his hip and go north-south really quick. And I think that you look at what uh, Abram Smith was able to do at linebacker last year and how physically he was able to play. I think that he's really well suited to do that. Now, I think the other guy who's going to have a chance to, you know, if he can stay healthy, which is in the issue, uh, is Squirrel Williams at running back. You know, he's somebody who's going to be a little bit more of that home run type potentially than an Abram Smith. But I think that those two guys heading into this year are, are guys to make a lot of sense. But at the same time, I mean, it's very early. We still have to see, obviously, once the lights turn on, when's kind of being the guy. You talked about protection earlier. Uh, I feel like we're always having this discussion about the offensive line. He, he Jeff Grimes, that is, brings over Eric Mateos. Is this, you know, a continuity issue in your mind? Is this still like an influx of talent issue? How, how do they get that unit to kind of come together and, and be more cohesive? Yeah, I think that having a real sort of uh, identity for their offensive line is going to be a big part of this. Because I think even, you know, it's easy to point to 2020 and sort of their struggles last year, but I really do think that this has been an issue that has plagued them since the 2017 season. I don't think that they ever really managed to kind of figure out what their identity was on the offensive line under Matt Rule. And then last year, it kind of, you know, with all the miscommunication, all that sort of stuff, it really reared its ugly head, I guess you could say. And so I think that heading into this year, the biggest thing that you say is that you know what kind of linemen you want to be able to run this system. You need agile linemen. They can be big. They can be small. It doesn't really matter. You're not necessarily looking for undersized guys but you're looking for guys who can move well. And, of course, Connor Galvin, I think, is going to be a huge part of that. Uh, he, the staff was very complimentary about what Connor Galvin, who is you know, obviously the anchor of this offensive line, they've been real complimentary about what he's done so far. And they bring in a transfer from, from Buffalo, another team that ran wide zone last year, in Jacob Gall. So I think that they kind of have a better idea of what they want at the offensive line position and what they're, they need to be training guys to do. And I think that that eventually is going to pay off. Now, I don't know if that's going to pay off in game two, right, of, of the 2021 season, but I do think that having sort of that identity and having those thoughts and, look, and knowing what you're looking for, I think that potentially is going to help them out a whole lot when they hit the recruiting trail. Shay Hout, great article. We appreciate it. Uh, what else are you working on for Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine? Well, I'll tell you what, next week I am, I am out on vacation putting, on the, putting out the magazine with a whole lot of work. So, uh, so we're going we're gonna to enjoy a nice week off. But once we head back into the month of July, I'll be right back at it. And, uh, you know, Media Days is right around the corner. There's going to be lots of daily content. Don't you worry about that. So you can find all of it at techfootball.com. And, and one more thing, our, our producer, E.P. Garth, came in today and he was showing off. He got the the magazine in the mail because he's a subscriber and that's that's one of the great things about subscribing right absolutely textfootball.com slash subscribe and and i'll tell you what okay i mean i for me the month of april is a crazy month i have i counted once and i do more than thirty thousand words for this magazine so listen if you can if you can put up 12 bucks just to get that magazine it really does help us out and make sure that you do get it first uh, at least next year. I mean, by by this point, you know, it's going to be more like when, when they, they come out. But com slash subscribe is really the best way to get it. You get it as quick as possible. I will say uh, we, we switched to priority mail this year, and everybody got their magazines quicker than I can ever remember. So it's an exciting time, com slash subscribe. Hey, where, where can they get it? Uh, t- tell us, give us a couple of places that, where they can go purchase it on the shelf. Yes. Yes, so it'll hit bookshelves probably right after July 4th, and so you'll be able to get it at, like, Walmart, H-E-B, and Kroger are usually the three safest places. Perfect. Hey, Shehan, thanks so much, and uh, we do appreciate your time today.
Yeah, thank you so much. Talk to you soon. Shayhan J. Raja from Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. You know, and I, I got to check, you used to be able to sneak down to the Texas Sports Hall of Fame and get it a day or two early. I, I got to check true, and yeah. see. I got to check with Jay Black and check and see if if they're going to have that little uh, that little incentive. Man, you know you knew it was football season. So EP's in football mode. He if is. he's got his dang magazine, he's in football mode. Yes, uh, I, yes, I am, and I, I was so glad to uh, see it when it came in the mail. I was not expecting it so soon, and, and you know, just to go show you, uh, to show you, Tom, you know. The in the midway, for example, in mm-hmm. Texas football, the the change in their head football coach was so late it didn't even make oh, yeah. Texas yeah. football magazine. So I mean, there's a lot of jobs still open right now. Yeah. All right. So, so there you go. And uh, yeah, we'll check with Jay Black and we'll figure that out for you. It's a five sixteen, sixteen minutes after five. This is this is game time here on ESPN and Fox Sports Central Texas. We're going to take a second and we're going to talk about Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, your friend in the car business, and of course uh, you can check out the great Ram 2021 new Ram 1500 quad. Cab Lone Star Edition with 5250 off or 0% for 72 months plus $1,000 bonus cash. Also, don't forget about the 2021 Jeep Renegade Latitude. Jeep, the most decorated SUV, $3,750 off or 1.9% financing for 72 months plus $500 bonus cash. Hey, you, he, this is for Steven. Uh, you know, Chrysler Pacifica minivan. You know, the family keeps growing. <laughs> it's time for the van. 2021. I like it. Swagger there right. you go. 52.50 off the 2021 Chrysler 300 uh, or 0% for 84 months. Some of the great deals that are going on today at uh, Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat. And if you want to check out the uh, the great selection at Allen Samuels, just go to allensamuelsdcj.com and, and you can peruse the website. And then, uh, you know, a little later on, it cools down. You can go kick a tire or two. They're at 201 West Loop 340. That's Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LaPointe. We'll see increasing clouds tonight as low temperatures fall to around 76 degrees. Tomorrow we start off with mostly cloudy skies and then the clouds decrease throughout the afternoon. Highs top out at 96 with a heat index of 103 and mostly sunny, hot and humid on Friday with a high of 97. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. Recently on the John Morris Show. Frank was just such a gentleman, such a great representative of Baylor University. And it wasn't just Baylor. I mean, he was doing the Baylor games, but he was so well-respected that he was doing Southwest Conference basketball TV games every week. And the other coaches in the Southwest Conference were okay with that just because Frank was so so fair and did such a great job for their schools and for the league. Tune in to the Voice of the Bears weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m. here on ESPN Central Texas. Walking into a gym can be very intimidating and uncomfortable. Mobile Muscle can help. The importance of your health is something you can't put a price on. It's a new year, which means God is giving you the opportunity to start fresh. Life is busy and times are different. With my workout program, I customize a plan that will work specifically for you and come to you. No gym membership wasted. No workout equipment needed. No excuses. I'm Matt Cunningham, and I'm Mobile Muscle. Give me a call or text today, and let's kickstart this year off the right way. 254-716-5174. 
Are you nearly maxed out on your credit cards? It doesn't matter if you're using your credit cards for fun or to survive. At the end of the month, your statements come in. And you can either pay them or you can't. If you can't, late fees and interest rates get tacked on. And now, you're struggling just to make the minimum payment due. Do you feel trapped? Am I talking to you? Good, because I personally researched some companies that can help you. They may be able to reduce your credit card balances by 50% and stop the late fees. If you qualify, please call our special debt hotline number right now for a complimentary free five-minute consultation. Deal with your credit card problem now before it gets much worse and put more money back in your pocket. Trust me, I've been there too. Call right now. 800-948-1659. 800 800- 948-1659. 800-948-1659. That's 800-948-1659. When you're dealing with life's ups and downs, it helps to know the ins and outs of insurance. Farmers Insurance has been sharing practical insurance knowledge for more than 90 years. At David Greenup Insurance Agency, they know a thing or two because they've seen a thing or two. Contact David Greenup Farmers Insurance Agency at 254-855-8889 to find out how he can help you protect the things that matter most to you. That's Greenup Insurance Agency at 254-855-8889. We are farmers. Bum, ba-dum, bum, 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 bum. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward White with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update, brought to you by Richard Carr Buick GMC Cadillac. Paul George missed two free throws to leave the door open for the Suns, and they get an alley-oop for the win from DeAndre Ayton to take a 2-0 lead in that series, beating the Clippers 104-103 last night. Tonight in the NBA East Finals, Game one with the Atlanta Hawks at the Milwaukee Bucks. Tip is at 7.30. Detroit claimed the top spot in the 2021 NBA draft, followed by the Houston Rockets, Cleveland Cavaliers, and Toronto Raptors. The Houston Astros are on a nine-game winning streak and will try to make it 10 tonight, taking on Baltimore with a 6.05 first pitch. Rangers try and bounce back tonight versus the A's. First pitch at 7.05, and you can hear that game on ESPN Central Texas. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. All right, welcome back. This is game time here on ESPN and Fox Sports Central Texas. Tom Barfield and Stephen Simcox, along with EP Garth. We're glad you're with us and, and did a little checking with uh, with our friends over at the Texas Sports Hall of Fame, Stephen. The magazine is at the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. So if you'd like to go get it, uh, the, the the hall is open from 9 until 5. They'll be open tomorrow, 9 to 5. And we can all go purchase our Texas football magazines. We'll all line. You know, I think we all ought to get there, you know, you know, all together. Same I time, like that idea. Yeah. Get, get there, eight, you know, 845, be first in line. <laughs> um, no, that is, I mean, it, it's a great place. Like, I, yep. I've been in the Texas Sports Hall of Fame a lot, uh, obviously being in this area. But they're always adding things. It never gets old. There's there's so many details. You're never just going to like pass out. You're, you're always going to pass over something and come back and see it another time. But uh, it's a great place to get your Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. I know that. All right. Let's, uh, let's switch gears here. And I really don't know how to get into this conversation other than to say it didn't take long for tempers to flare over pitchers and 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 maybe a foreign substance so uh did you see some of the video from yesterday's action i did so you know max scherzer who's a really good pitcher obviously for the washington nationals 
Uh, they, they have these new protocols in place where you get checked as you go into the mound, and then managers can kind of at will, it seems like, just say, hey, I need you to check this pitcher, make sure he's not using a foreign substance. So Joe Girardi, who's now the Phillies manager, had asked a couple times for a check on Max Scherzer, and, you know, he did there later in, in the game, and I guess it was one too many times for Max's liking. So he decided to basically kind of strip down on the field there. <laughs> It uh, didn't get inappropriate, but it was headed that way. He took his hat off, started taking his belt off, and just sort of gave this exasperated motion to uh, to Joe Girardi. They got into it. They exchanged words back and forth. Um, it also happened with Sergio Romo in that Rangers game last night. He was coming off the field, and Chris Woodward, somebody in the Rangers dugout, I guess asked for a check, and uh, he took his belt down and <laughs> almost slid his pants down to show, hey, I'm you know I'm I'm not using anything. I just wonder, Tom, like it's funny, but this is another sort of issue that creates animosity. Oh, has it ever? Don't you know somebody's going to wear one here pretty quick? Mm-hmm. No pun intended. Uh, yeah, that won't yeah. that won't stick. That'll stick to their ribs, not yeah. the finger. <laughs> it, they're, yeah, animosity is a good way to put it. I mean, it's ticking guys off already. I don't know if you read any of the uh, the the article in on in ESPN, but. Uh, Nats general manager Mike Rizzo, he basically just flat publicly rips Joe Girardi. I mean, he went at him hook, line, and sinker, uh, letting him have it over the uh, over the Scherzer incident. And again, that's why you know shouldn't this situation be totally at the discretion of the umpire? That way, you know, you you may send word to the umpire, hey, we think you know, but. Shouldn't mm-hmm. it be totally 100% up to the umpire? I mean, and not a request from yeah. the dugout. And I guess that's how that's working. But I'm telling you right now, you had a couple of incidents last night, and you're going to have more. I mean, look, they're competing. I mean, and, and you know, they're and for the longest, pitchers were trying to get advantage over the hitters and doing whatever they had to do. And if this is what they felt like they had to do, they were doing it. And, and now you can't. And I, I wonder how much of it, too, is a mind game, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's just Joe Girardi trying to get inside Max Scherzer's head, get him to lose his cool a little bit. But, I mean, I'm going to get pretty exhausted pretty fast if we're seeing just constant checks. Did you ever, as as somebody who's called a lot of games, Tom, did you ever have an opposing manager be like, hey, you need to check no. so-and-so or no. you need to watch for this? No. No, 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 not at the high school level. And, you know, and I did call some college baseball and particularly some junior college baseball. I'm part of that a lot. Uh, but at the high school level, no, it was, you know, hey, those balls were scuffed. I mean, there's right. all, if you can make it dance, make it dance, yeah. you know, just throw strikes. But no, none of that. But I'm, I'm with you. If we're going to, how many times can you do it a game? How many times can, let's say, let's just take Joe Girardi tonight. How many times can he ask that umpiring crew? Hey, mm-hmm. check this baseball. We think that he's got, you know, I, I, is it one? Is it six? I mean, do you run out of challenges? Well, I, I and, don't know all those rules. And Clayton Kershaw brought up a good point yesterday in his post game. He said he thinks if a manager's wrong, and like they get a certain number, as you said, and if it gets to a point where he's still asking and he's wrong about it, then the manager's to lose the challenge. Like, because it is, I mean, it's kind of a gamble and you don't want it to slow down the game. Uh, but there, there's gotta be some sort of criteria and I think it'll slow down on its own eventually, but I just, I'm not excited to watch, you know, as funny as it kind of was to see it play out last night. I'm not excited to watch constant visits to the mound to check if, if somebody has got 
rosin or sunscreen on their hat. Like that's just that's not why I'm watching a baseball game. Or, or possum fat. <laughs> I, I just go back. This has been going on for a long time. I mean, you remember Necro with the 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 board, and then I mean, shoot, you saw Gaylord Perry. He made an art out of it. Uh, you know, going uh, wiping the top side of it or the inside of his cap and and the bill of his cap. I mean, he he literally made an art out of it when he was throwing that knuckleball. And I mean, come on. But if they want to stop it, then then you stop it. And but I think that has to be at the discretion of the umpire. You may be as a coach, as a manager rather, or even as a player, you may say something to the to the crew, the umpire and crew. But I think to try to stop what we saw last night, it's going to have to be at the discretion of the umpire. And again, I still think it's going to tick off these these pitchers. Well, and if we're doing regular checks anyway, then come on. I mean, just do like just give the manager one challenge game. Like mm-hmm. if if we're if we're going to monitor this, the umpire is going to monitor this in the first place, then okay, you get to you get to call him one at one time. And, you know, if if you're wrong, then we just got to lay off and you got to deal with it. Because, uh, yeah, there's there's got to be some sort of protocol here. Would you have liked to have seen this addressed during spring training next year and not in the middle, in of, the the middle season? of the season? Well, it would have made more sense. Yeah, definitely would have. So there you go. All right. Uh, some college baseball uh, here this afternoon. Did did you get to see any of the of the games last uh, yesterday evening? I uh, yeah, so I I was watching Virginia Mississippi State and then I flipped over to the NBA game when it kind of got out of hand. But I, I did see uh, Tanner Hall had three run homer to get Mississippi State the lead. Yeah, I watched so. the entire game. That was some baseball game. And Mississippi State's comeback, boy, it was just brilliant. Good well, hitting. They got it done. They did. Yeah. yeah, six runs in the eighth, which is pretty incredible. Just a gut punch loss for Virginia. Um, and now Mississippi State's in the driver's seat, which, you know, they're a team, Tom, like in the SEC, very good, really good program, mm-hmm. but they were kind of scuffling around middle of the year, and people were like, oh, yeah, Mississippi State, I don't really think they're going to be a factor, and, uh, you know, they they gotten through the regional, super regional, and now they're one win away from making the national title series. You know, that could be said for a couple of teams. Uh, and Virginia, it, yeah, it, Virginia absolutely. started like ACC play one and eight, and then they turned it on. NC State. I was going to say, NC State didn't exactly set the woods on fire. Yeah, uh, right. Virginia was a three seed in their region. NC State was a two, I believe. So um, it, it's funny. Like, you, the teams that we thought would just sort of cruise, relatively speaking, you know, Arkansas, Vandy, and Texas. Arkansas mm-hmm. is out. Vandy playing for their season uh, tonight. Texas will be playing for their season tomorrow. Um, it's been just these teams that get hot at the right time. And that's true in all sports, but... Tom, as you know, I think especially in baseball, we see that year after year where a group just sort of puts it together towards the end of the season. Man, this is, it's clearly how you finish, not how you start. And you mentioned the uh, Stanford Bandy game. That's a 6 o'clock first pitch tonight. And that is the only game of the day uh, today. So, uh, And that is an elimination game. Never thought I'd, you know, never – I didn't think I would be talking about Vanderbilt and Tim Corbett's team in in an elimination game, but here they sat uh, taking on the Cardinal. Uh, and I don't know that I want to play Stanford in an elimination game, quite frankly. No, they're a good team. Um, it, it's a tough matchup. And, you know, Vandy, they haven't swept a lot of people this year, which I think tells you once you get past that one-two punch, mm-hmm. there's some vulnerability there. And, and they're going to have to be good. Uh, and the back end of that rotation to give Rocker and Lighter potentially another chance 
to, to get through that part of the bracket. And so then tomorrow night, Thursday night, you'll have uh, Virginia and Texas playing the elimination game with the winner, the losers out, and the winner will move on to play Mississippi mm -hmm. State, and they'll have to beat the Dogs twice to get to the championship two out of three series. And we were talking off the air, Tom. Um, you know, it's, it's always tough, but – Texas really is built to come out of this loser's bracket. I mean, they're going to throw Pete Hansen, we believe, tomorrow, um, who's been great for them down the stretch. Colby Klubacek is a good starter. He was kind of their Sunday guy for a lot of the year. Uh, and then you can maybe – maybe you have to do a bullpen day, but maybe you can go back to Ty Madden um, when you face Mississippi State again. It's an uphill battle. you got to win a lot in a row. But they're they're not a group that's just going to run out of arms eventually. They, no, they got enough guys. And you're right. They have not used a lot of the pin over the last shoot week to ten days, so they've got rested arms out there. And you're right. Uh, you, if you win tomorrow night, then you're back at it on Friday night. Mm -hmm. uh, do you go right back to Ty Madden on Friday night? I, I mean, you know, he pitched what Saturday night, so that's six days. So that's pretty normal that, rest. Yeah, that's you know that's pretty much you know that's a week, and uh, so I, I think you could do that, and and then you'll be in pretty good shape. But you got to get there first. You do, yeah. You, we talk about you know all the potential for you know what you could do in games two and three and four, but you got to win the game in front of you first. All right, it is a five thirty-two. We are twenty-eight away from six here on game time with. Tom and Stephen and EP, we're glad you're with us. We're going to take a second. We're talking. We're going to talk about Morrison's Gifts and the fine folks over at Morrison's Gifts. They're uh, they're at 4308 West Waco Drive, and you know uh, we we talk about it all the time. They they have a great selection of gifts for birthdays, anniversaries, holidays, but. You know, sometimes it's that just because gift that uh, that means the most, and you can you can get that gift uh, at Waco at Waco's gift store headquarters and we're talking about morrison's gifts you know whether it's john hart leather goods or key rings or candles or jewelry or or just whatever and the cool thing about it is they will wrap it for you absolutely free and when they do it it is gorgeous and you can walk out of there with your chest poked out hey look at what i'm about to take home uh so yeah it's good stuff morrison's gift is a baylor alumni owned business and again they're at 4308 West Waco Drive. That's next to Jason's Deli in the Brazos Square Shopping Center. They've been they've been in business since 1979, doing a terrific job. We're talking about Morrison's Gifts. Corporate retirement has a lot of moving parts, and putting together a thorough plan takes careful preparation. I'm Joe Kaleo with Kaleo Wealth Management. I've spent a lot of time thinking about retirement planning from the perspective of employees and employers. We'd like to build a relationship with you and help you chart a path toward your financial goals. Kaleo Wealth Management is a Central Texas team of UBS Financial Services, member FINRA SIPC. The 4th of July sales event is going on at Allen Samuels with the 2021 Jeep Renegade Latitude and values up to $3,750 or 1.9% for 72 months plus $500 bonus cash. And the 2021 Jeep Gladiator Overland with values up to $1,500 or 3.9 for 72 months. Allen Samuels, located at 201 West Loop 340, online at allensamuelsdcj.com. Come by, let's be friends. 
For over 15 years, Wings Pizza and Things in Temple has been your go-to spot to watch the game and fuel up on great food. As the name implies, you can get delicious wings in 15 different flavors and amazing fresh-made pizzas. But that's not all that's on the menu. Try one of their burgers, sandwiches, or wraps. Or check out their new specials, which include two for $28 meal deals or their family feast. And you can top your meal off with something from the sweet spot. Wings Pizza and Things is family-friendly and has more than 60 TVs, so you know your game is on. Go to wingsandtemple.com for their menu. Have you been tagged yet again in an engagement ring photo? Are hints being dropped all around you? Rest assured, D'Amore Fine Jewelers has been rescuing men seeking the perfect ring for over 25 years. Come in with a picture of her dream ring and we'll make it a reality. With our five-year financing, custom design team, and selection of diamonds, we'll make the whole process fun and enjoyable. D'Amore Fine Jewelers on West Waco Drive. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Weinch with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update, brought to you by Richard Carr Buick GMC Cadillac. Paul George missed two free throws to leave the door open for the Suns, and they get an alley-oop for the win from DeAndre Ayton to take a 2-0 lead in that series, beating the Clippers 104-103 last night. Tonight in the NBA East Finals, Game one with the Atlanta Hawks at the Milwaukee Bucks. Tip is at 7.30. Detroit claimed the top spot in the 2021 NBA draft, followed by the Houston Rockets, Cleveland Cavaliers, and Toronto Raptors. The Houston Astros are on a nine-game winning streak and will try to make it 10 tonight, taking on Baltimore with a 6.05 first pitch. Rangers try and bounce back tonight versus the A's. First pitch at 7.05, and you can hear that game on ESPN Central Texas. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. All right, 537, and it is grab bag time. Time for the grab bag on game time. All right, Stephen, here we go. Let's uh, let's just kind of grab a little of this, do a little of that. We're going to begin by talking to Baylor baseball. Baylor baseball's Luke Boyd named to the College Baseball Foundation's All-American second team. The uh, organization made that announcement today, and it marked the organization's second annual All-American team as Boyd is the uh, first bear to earn the honor from the CBF. I think that's pretty cool. They've had a pretty good run. Credit mm-hmm. to John Strauss. Uh, you know, Kyle Hill was a monster. Um, Luke Boyd filled that role admirably this year. Troy Montemayor was a, a big-time closer. They've done a nice job developing, like, power arms in the back end of that pen, and that's a hard thing to do. You have to have those guys at any level of baseball, but especially at the college baseball level. And uh, good for Luke Boyd. He was he was really uh, a big bright spot for them this season. Did this catch you off guard? ESPN 300 wide receiver Jordan Hudson decommitted from OU uh, and uh, the number 12 ranked recruit overall in the 2022 class has been committed to Oklahoma since uh, July of 2020, but uh, he has decommitted and is now uh, checking out other potential opportunities. OU's pretty deep at wide receiver, so I, I can't say this is obviously you want as many talented guys as you can, but I think they can survive some losses at that position. I feel like we're going to see this a lot, though, over the next few months because I'm sure there were a ton of guys that committed in 2022 uh, during the dead period, and they didn't get to go on campus. They didn't mm-hmm. get to go on any official visits. 
They didn't get to go to camps. So, you know, in this case, it's not getting a better offer because OU is about as good as you're going to get. But I think you'll see a lot of players who maybe were headed to uh, a group of five school that, oh, I got a little more spotlight now. I get a power five offer. I'm going to make that jump. Or, you know, um, I, I actually get to go visit the campus and it's not what I thought. I get to talk to the coaching staff in person. It's not the vibe that I thought that I was getting. It's a loss for Oklahoma. As I said, though, they, they got a pretty good group of wideouts there, and Lincoln Riley can, can coach up an offense. And that's what I was going to ask. Could this be about, you know, I don't want to get lost on the depth chart? I think that could be a part of it. Um, you know, maybe there's a better opportunity elsewhere, and we'll just we'll have to see how it plays out. But it's, it's a tough place to get on the field at that position. Uh, at that school for sure. All right, let's go to the roundy rounds where Jeff Gordon's going to be leaving the uh, Fox broadcast booth and uh, he's going to be uh, rejoining the Henrik Motorsports racing team as vice president and and the uh, second ranking uh, team official to uh, majority owner Rick Henrik, who, uh, you know, is, I guess, grooming Jeff Gordon to take over the entire organization. So uh, pretty sharp cookie too, I, I would say. Yep, Jeff Gordon's good on TV, so sorry to see him leave that, but um front office position that's a big deal and he'd be a, a great face and name for for that brand la lakers guard alex caruso uh, yesterday was arrested and released for a uh, possession of marijuana and drug paraphernalia according to texas a&m police both by the way are misdemeanor charges uh the uh yeah, he was arrested around 2 p.m. at the airport, the uh, Easterwood Airport in College Station, which is located on Texas A&M property. Uh, the TSA searched Caruso's bag and found uh, a herb grinder and uh, that contained some marijuana, and and uh, he got to, got pulled off that airplane. Did LeBron bail him out? Uh, <laughs> man, Alex Caruso can't get by with, with a little paraphernalia at the Texas A&M airport? <laughs> Come on, man. He's, he's a major NBA star. Crusoe's a funny story. He was a decent college basketball player. I mean, not like necessarily a star. And he's carved out a niche in the league. He's on a, a really good team in LA. He won a title. He's kind of known for being a dunker, but he's almost become like a cult hero there because he's just kind of a goofy looking white dude who can get up and dunk. It's not exactly what you would expect, but <laughs> Yeah, I guess I'll have to handle that charge. Uh, I feel like if it was Johnny Manziel, they would have let him go by. But Alex Caruso, I guess, still gets stopped for that. You know, minus the he can dunk part, uh, I'm, you know, I'm a goofy-looking white dude. <laughs> well, put you on the Lakers, Tom. We'll see how you do. <laughs> All right, Baylor Volleyball has been voted to finish second in the 2021 Big 12 preseason coaches poll. Uh, that was announced uh, today. It's June. And we're, we're putting I, out the preseason poll. I'll be honest. I was a little surprised. I saw on like the Big 12 Instagram today, they're putting out preseason awards. And I said, oh, okay, I guess they're doing that now. Uh, yeah, I know Yasiana Presley's coming back. Volleyball is another one of those sports. I think like college baseball, uh, because so many young women are getting this extra year of eligibility, like we might see some really loaded volleyball teams. I know Texas is always good. Baylor, right? Uh, Ryan McGuire's done a great job there. Uh, but. You know, you're going to have a lot of fifth-year seniors, fourth-year juniors, because, hey, you get to play next year, why not? Uh, but, yeah, Big 12 Volleyball should be pretty good this year. And, and you know what? And I, if you have not gone to see big-time college volleyball, go. Yeah, it's, it, it's amazing in person. It yes, really is. It is. I Absolutely mean, you'll, it is. You'll quickly realize that you're not going to be able to return that serve. It's, it's coming at you in a hurry. Have you been to the state volleyball tournament before? 
I've never been to the state volleyball tournament. No. It's, those kids can flat play. It is uh, it is quite entertaining, and that's held up in Garland, I think. Uh, yeah, it is. So yeah, if you get a chance, go. It's uh, it's very enjoyable. All right, th- that is our grab bag for a Wednesday. It's five forty three. We're seventeen away from six, and this is game time on ESPN and Fox Sports Central Texas. I'll be in my suite. I'll be in my suite. I'll be in my suite. That sounds good, however you say it. And now that you can rent a beautiful suite at Globe Life Field for a Rangers game, you could soon be directing people to your ballpark suite. Whether you're celebrating an occasion or simply want an exclusive private space to watch the game with friends, we've got a suite that's right for you. Let us help you find it at 972rangers or at texasrangers.com. I'm Kyle Tomlinson, General Manager of Jeff Hunter Toyota. We offer a full selection of new and pre-owned vehicles. Stop by and see me or any of our team members for a great car at a fair price. Jeff Hunter Toyota. Toyota quality, Waco values. Don't miss country legend Doug Stone. Friday night, June 25th at the Waco Hippodrome Theater in Waco. Tickets start at just $20 and can be purchased at WacoHippodromeTheater.com. Proudly presented by Shooter FM, Kicker Country, and JMT Music Entertainment. I need a jukebox with a country song. For a limited time, refinance your vehicle and have 90 days with zero payments. Only at Genco FCU. Refinancing lowers your rate and you pay less for your car. You can't pass on rates as low as 1.75% for 48 months. Apply online today. Annual percentage rate subject to change without notice. Subject to credit approval, membership eligibility, and loan policies. Go to GencoFCU.org. NCUA equal housing lender. My money, my future, my credit union. Drive it forward with the First Central Credit Union Auto Loan. We will donate to the local Mentoring Alliance Waco, formerly serving as Boys and Girls Club of Waco. When you refinance or get a new or used auto loan, rates are as low as 1.99% APR on a new vehicle. You will save, and every auto loan activates a donation for local kids. Plus, you can defer your payment for up to 90 days. It's money for kids and a new ride for you. Visit FirstCentralCU.com for details and flexible terms. Everything we do, we do for you. Loan subject to credit approval and some restrictions apply. Now through August, member NC. Texas needs passionate teachers like you. McLennan Community College Child Studies and Education Department offers three different programs that can be applied to a bachelor's degree or help start your career faster. The Associate of Applied Arts and Child Development, Associate of Arts and Teaching, and Certificate in Child Development are programs that only fit your work schedule, but allows you to work in the teaching field while taking classes. MCC can help you be the teacher you want to be. Apply now for fall at mclennan.edu or contact us at 299-8622 to get started today. It's a delicate machine and a substantial investment. That's why you can't afford to ignore your car or truck. And with Valvoline Express Care Waco on Valley Mills, you can be rest assured your car or truck is in good hands. From the quick oil change to brakes, struts, alternators, and all minor repairs, they'll keep your vehicle running in top shape with quick in and out service. Locally owned and operated by Paul Sadusky, they'll take care of all makes and models. Open Monday through Friday, 8 to 6 and Saturday, 8 to 5. Keep your peace of mind with Valvoline Express Care in Waco, 833 North Valley Mills Drive in Waco. We're 13 away from 6 o'clock here on a Wednesday evening. You got big plans tonight? (laughs) I just had to. I I, I do. I I mean, my niece is having a birthday party. Oh, how old is she now? Uh, I think 13. Okay. Yeah. Sounded real confident. Yeah, well, don't, don't want wipes I think I think 13. Yeah. Um, I, I will say one good thing about having a baby 
is that people bring you food. Uh, so some people from our church have been like, you know, trading off, bringing. Oh, meals. they got a meal train going. They got a meal train going. So uh, I believe our friend Sarah and Brandon are bringing food over tonight, which will be good. And then after that, I don't know. I'll probably watch some TV or something. Maybe. Yeah, I guess I'll check in on the Rangers a little bit. Just keep tabs <laughs> on them. But no, no, no crazy plans tonight. So. Uh, Sarah, bring bring the bring the meatloaf, but you know, don't hang around for a while. stick around for some Rangers talk. A little Rangers roundup at some house. There you go. <laughs> EP, big big doings. Uh, Sue, is, is Sue cooking, or you do oh, the cooking? Yeah, right? I do all the cooking. Sue yeah. does not cook, but I don't hold that against her because <laughs> I want to cook. Yeah, but she said she's getting into the pool because she's been working in the garage all day. Yeah, she's going to cool off, and I'm going home to cook red snapper. Nice. And, wow. uh, Sounds like I'm going to eat pizza. Well, hey, I listen, no, 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 there's, there's, <laughs> if you don't know, uh, I, I, can I say it? Can, can I talk about where sure. some of those recipes yeah. come from? Yeah. Do you remember the Piccadilly Cafeteria? I do remember the Piccadilly yeah. Cafeteria. There's, there's your manager have, of the Waco Piccadilly. I, I have really? all the recipes, so, and I have made just about everything in the recipe box. So. Wow. I remember yeah. one, one, That's uh, amazing. <laughs> one Super Bowl Sunday, we went to his house for, uh, Jambalaya, I guess Jambalaya. it was. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I did not expect a Piccadilly cafeteria reference today. But, <laughs> you uh, never know what you're going to get, right? When when we would, my grandmother would, you know, frequently we'd go to Richland Mall or something. She That's, loved Piccadilly yeah, cafeteria. Yeah. So we, we would end up there. That's funny. Always my favorite, I can tell mm-hmm. you that. Yeah. So good stuff. Sure miss them. Yep. All right. Uh, so I got a birthday party. He's got red snapper, and you I'm got just, dirty I'm diapers. Just, yeah, to watching the Rangers while I change diapers. That's right. <laughs> All right. There is one college baseball game uh, tonight, and it will begin in about uh, eleven minutes. And that, of course, is the uh, the the uh, Vanderbilt Stanford game. Now, if it goes the way it's supposed to go, Vandy should win the ball game. You agree? I think so. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like they're the deeper team. There's, there's, uh, there's a path there though, because Vandy, they can struggle to hit at times, and of course, you know, Stanford. Really, we we talked about this yesterday for a West Coast team. They can mash a little bit. They they have uh, some arms, but um, I, I like Vandy to win, and I think that's going to be fun. NC State's found a way, you know, multiple times now, uh, but going back around again against Vanderbilt. Will be a fun matchup to watch, and and same for Mississippi State, whether they end up playing Texas or Virginia in the coming days. Is it Mississippi State in that bottom side, in your opinion? I mean, is this is this just too tough of a hill for Texas or for Virginia to climb? I don't want to count out Texas yet because I I do think like they just have a number of guys that they can throw out there, and if you can get to Saturday, as you said, where you can get back to the top of the rotation. Um, but yeah, Mississippi State's, I mean, it's, it's not like, like if, if Virginia won last night, Tom, I would feel a lot better about Texas chances, Mm -hmm. but because Mississippi State's a good team and they're going to be well rested. I just think it's going to be tough to win three games in four days. And that's the point. They are going to be well-rested as they uh, wait for the uh, the winner of this Virginia-Texas game. And that will be on uh, the, the Texas-Virginia game tomorrow night and then Mississippi State. And the winner will be on Friday. And so you're sitting there just waiting. And, you know, they want tomorrow night. They'd like to see Texas and Virginia go about 17 that's innings. That's right. Yeah, and, put, it, put it into extras. Right. Play, you know, throw as many arms. Here's the thing for me. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not going to count Texas out just yet. 
but they they got to be efficient. And and I know you you there's no tomorrow, and you play it like there's no tomorrow. You do whatever you got to do to get to tomorrow. But if they have to use a lot of arms in a lot of different situations and get a lot of guys up throwing mm-hmm. in the pin and, and go into Friday shorthanded, then you know there's no way. Well, and I mean ultimate recipe here, and it's a lot easier to say than to do, but. Fellas, can we get out to like a six to nothing lead? Yeah. And can can we maybe get some innings from some guys that we didn't think we'd have to use just to keep everybody fresh? Uh, it, it's tough to do that in a win or go home game, but that's what uh, you know Stanford was able to do against Arizona, and we'll see how that pays off if it pays off for them tonight. But you get out to you know an eight nothing lead, and then all of a sudden you can use the back end of that bullpen more. Yeah, and that's a great point. If Pete Hansen can go out there without having a lot of stress and a lot of pressure on him, and just you know play catch for five or six innings with uh, with a nice lead, then that would do wonders for uh, for their chances moving forward. All right, uh, so coming up in a few minutes, John Morris is going to rejoin us. He's got the Big 12 buzz, the latest news and notes going on around the Big 12 conference. And then we are right back at it tomorrow afternoon. The day will start at 11 o'clock with Unnecessary Roughness with Q and Ward. Then we roll right into the John Morris Show at 2 o'clock. Matt Mosley is here with uh, his program at 3, and then we're right back at it at 4 o'clock. That is going to do it for us on this Wednesday afternoon. Thanks for being a part of the program. And, again, we will do this again tomorrow afternoon at 4 o'clock. So, for EP and for Steven, I'm Tom. Thanks for listening to Game Time here on ESPN and Fox Sports Central Texas. This is the Big 12 Buzz, a daily look inside Big 12 Athletics. Here again is the voice of the Baylor Bears, John Morris. Hi, everybody. It's time for a check of Big 12 Athletics.